Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Squat Therapy with Jason Ackerman. I hope you all had a phenomenal, fantastic, amazing Memorial Day weekend. Three days off for most of you. Maybe you hit Murph. Maybe you spent some time with your friends, your family, your CrossFit community. I have an amazing guest today. His name is Travis Williams, and you may recognize the name, and that's because he's a two-time, two-time CrossFit Games athlete, going back his second year to Carson, California, the Home Depot Center. This year, second place, two years in a row at the South Regional out of UCAN CrossFit, and young kid, 24 years old, amazing story, from a car accident to putting on about 60 pounds of body fat to walking into his first CrossFit affiliate in 2011, competing in the 2012 Open without a muscle-up. So going from not having a muscle-up in 2012 to making the games in 2015 and 16, he also competed at the regionals in 13 and 14. So what an awesome dude, and he really lets me ask him a billion questions about what it's like competing at the games, who he thinks is going to win this year, what his training looks like, what his nutrition looks like, and everything in between. The game season is over as far as the regionals. We've just got the games left, and this is a great interview to tie the gap, to get you prepared, to give you to someone to root for in Carson, California, because after talking to him, I know he's on my list of people I want to see do well. So I'm really excited. Coming up next, my interview with Travis Williams right here on Squat Therapy with Jason Ackerman. It's time for some squat therapy. You're a host, Jason Ackerman, P-I-M-P. Baby Jesus, break it down with the interesting mind. CrossFit's OG, he's one of a kind. Coaching, training, and mobility. Each episode, a quest of virtuosity. Relevant CrossFit topics and stellar guests. He'll leave you wondering what he's going to say next on squat therapy. All right, we have a special guest today. In the middle of the games season, we have Travis Williams heading back to Carson for the second year in a row out of you can CrossFit. Welcome to the show. What's going on? So it's your second year heading back. How you feeling? You feeling confident going back to to the Home Depot Center? Oh yeah, like a ton more confident than last year. What What is the difference? No doubt. Uh, different experience. I know how to take care of myself this year. I know what mistakes I made last year. Um, and I kind of know how to carry myself on there. Well, when you say carry yourself, when you go the first year, are you just in awe? Are you just basically like taking in the sights and, you know, enamored by the people you're surrounded with competing at the tennis stadium, the soccer stadium? Is it, is it different now going back a second time? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened the first time. Uh, a lot of people actually told me to do that. and I, I, As much as I didn't want to, I ended up doing it anyways uh, and not focusing as much on the competition as I should have. It's still, I mean, no matter how cool it is being at the games, it's no matter what, it's still a competition. You still got to treat it like that. You still got to take care of your body. Well, you, 
What place did you come out of the South Regional last year? Second place. So you're second place two years in a row. Yep. Now, when you come out of the South Regional last year in second place, are you going to Carson with the feelings that I can win the CrossFit Games? Uh, not at all. You know, and I, I, if go for it. I was going to say a lot of people. I was having this conversation at the box where you know you get maybe I think it's about forty competitors in each division now, and it's like how many of the competitors in in Carson are there with that feeling? I am going to win, and and you're saying you didn't. You were one of those that did not feel that way. No, I, I think a, a win for me personally is going to be getting into the top 10. I'm kind of chipping away at it. I don't think this is the year I would go in saying, hey, I'm going to go win the CrossFit Games uh, down the road. Yeah, I absolutely think I can. But right now, there's a, a lot more competitors that are a lot more talented than I am. I mean, it would take it would take a perfect set of workouts for me to win. And even then, I probably still couldn't do it. Um, I think there's about five guys that are uh, in that position that says, hey, I'm here to win. I'm looking at, for personally, I would uh, be thrilled with a like top 10 finish. So even as, I mean, you're the second place in the South region, which is, you know, the top .0000, you know, et cetera, percentage of CrossFitters in the world. And even being that super fit, you show up in Carson and you're like, there are these dudes that are just so much better than me. I can't hang with them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, like Matt Fraser, Scott Panchik, Ben Smith, those guys are all just not human. So it would be really tough for me to keep up with them. A lot of them have a lot of the, my, my best abilities they have as well. Plus my weaknesses, they are some of their best abilities. So it would just be really, really difficult for me to keep up with them this year. Down the road, again, like I said, I think I, there's no doubt in my mind I could strip some of my holes and be better than they are. So if you had to pick the, the podium this year, who would you put on there? Um, Fraser, uh, Panchik, and Bridges. I think that's a solid point. I mean, did you watch Frazier this past weekend? He really, I mean, he, what he win the first four events? That dude is a, a bit unreal. Yeah, he, he went nuts. It was insane. So, so you're, you're, would you say your goal is to be top 10? Yeah, top 10 this year. And, and you're satisfied. You come in top 10, you're happy walking away this year, thinking, okay, now next year. Yeah. What would you, what what needs to change between 2016 and 2017 for you to change that mindset of top 10 to number one? Uh, I have to get a little bit better at uh, the strict gymnastics and uh, uh, the, a lot of the athletic stuff that you have to do at the games. Um, like, I, I think if, if there was a bunch of, like, mixed CrossFit in there, I would do really, really well. I know, uh, I think I could go get top five easy but there's just a lot of weird awkward stuff that I have to kind of figure out and get used to I think that just comes with uh, games experience 
What's an example of something last year that you're referring to where it's not quite standard CrossFit? Uh, like the uh, big flip legless rope climb workout, um, the sprints, the pegboard, uh, like, you know, just, um, what else was there? That was about it last year. They I mean, flipped sprints in the legless rope, or the, in the pegboard, yeah. Did you immediately come home, buy yourself a pegboard, and start training on that? Uh, it took me about two months to build two of them, yeah, but I've got that down. That's not an issue at all anymore. I want to get into your backstory, but I also want to know what what's it like? How does your life change when making the CrossFit Games? You know, you go from, you were a coach at a CrossFit affiliate, you can CrossFit. What, what changes? Are you all of a sudden this megastar in the area? Do you have... You know, I think most people listening to this podcast would be like, this guy's now just super rich. He has sponsors being thrown in his face. You know, he's training all day. Is that what life is like after making it to the games? Um, I mean, it, it, not a ton has changed. I'm, it's still pretty normal. So just coach the gym. Um, I, I have a few more sponsors. They help me out. I get to... I get to travel around a lot more than I did before. I mean, other than that, it's pretty pretty much the same. Do you have, do you have not, a little more? I'm not rich. Kind of live paycheck to paycheck, you know. Maybe if I win the games one day. You know, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I think people just have this that that mindset of you know we forget it's still just a you know small sport that's growing. So you know, unless you're the top probably three to five in the sport. I think most people still work a normal, you know, maybe not a normal job, but they coach or own an affiliate and, and still have to try to figure out how to, how to pay the bills at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I only coach probably 14 hours a week and I, I stay at uh, my mom's house so I can save a little bit of money. That way I can train a lot more and qualify for the cost of games. And I think that, uh, I, w- I want to say a lot of the field did that last year as well. They didn't all stay and in the mom's It's kind of hard to like make a real living and try and qualify for the games. Yeah, I think those days are, are, are beyond us now where people would have a normal job. And, you know, there's a handful of those women that are still doing it somehow, but the men don't seem to be in that same boat where they're, you know, a school teacher that, that makes the games every July. Right. Yeah, it's non-existent. How much does CrossFit consume your life? And I don't mean it. You know, if you were to remove the coaching aspect from your from your day, you know, how much of it influences your your every move? Because it's it's one of those. You know, we're not playing basketball where you can maybe get away with a. a you know, I'm not a basketball player, so I don't get hated on. But a cheat meal here or there, or or an all nighter. Where CrossFit, it's like, hey, if I don't get my eight, nine, ten hours of sleep, and I don't eat every few hours, etc., I'm not performing my best. I'm, so does CrossFit just consume you? Is is everything you're doing with the notion this is what's going to get me to Carson? Yeah, one hundred percent. I I mean, I count my macros every day. I make sure I get enough sleep. Um, I'm either at the gym coaching or working out. Uh, I work out three days on and one day off. Uh, so my 
on my rest days, um, I'll kind of, every now and then I'll get away from everything, but I still, I still count my macros on those rest days and eat perfectly, but, uh, I kind of, I like to go fishing and kind of get away from everything for a day every now and then. So you say three on one off, you're still of that old school mentality. So whether it's, you know, yesterday being Memorial day or a Saturday, whatever the three on one off falls on, that's what you do. Yep. Do you, exactly. do you program for yourself? No, uh, Misfit Athletics does my programming, and they're my coaches. Awesome. So how long have you been with them? Uh, since uh, I've been following their program since uh, the end of 2015, and I've been a sponsored ath- Misfit athlete. Sorry, since the 2000, end of 2014, and I've been a sponsored athlete from them since uh, January 2015. So when when you say you travel more now, is it to go to things such as misfit camps and get coached, et cetera? I'm sorry. When when you say earlier, you said you travel a lot more after being at the games. Is it do you go to these misfit type uh, camps and help other athletes with their coaching and, and get? Yeah. Coached? Yeah, I mean, I, I go to some of the misfit camps. I don't do a ton of coaching. Um, I'm not really interested. I can't keep, uh, I have enough trouble focusing long enough to coach for an eight hour day. So they, I, I kind of give my two cents here and there and then I'm off to the side, just kind of there. But yeah, I get to, they, they help me travel around a lot and then I go travel around to some of the bigger competitions in the U.S. What other competitions aside from the games have you been a part of this year? Uh, this year I competed at Waterpalooza in Miami on a team and the East Coast Championships in Boston on a team as well. Uh, we didn't do so hot at Waterpalooza. I think we got ninth. Uh, it's a really stacked field, though. Um, the ECC, my team won. Oh, well, I mean, that's a stacked field as well. ECC, uh, you know, ben, Ben's competition, that's a... that's a great, you know, great placing, obviously, first place, but that's a solid competition. And, uh, I was at Wadapalooza this year. I mean, I know that Froning's team was, you know, barely in the top 10, so that's a pretty stacked field. Yeah, yeah. No, it was pretty cool to be in the top 10 there. We just uh, weren't quite strong enough to hang with the big teams. We needed, like, like I was our strong guy on the team. I'm pretty strong, but there was, I mean, there were some guys that could move some serious weight and we needed one more guy on our team at Wadapalooza to be really competitive. That was like could lift with me. We were prepared for 5K runs and right. breathing hard. On a on a one to ten, how you know ten being in a in a hospital? How did you feel after the games last year? Uh, probably about a, a nine, or yeah, we'll call it a nine. So, like, any more you would have been like, I need to just check myself right into a hospital. That's how sore and beat up you were? Yeah. My, my, uh, I couldn't pick up, I think it was my right arm. Couldn't pick it up over my head. Uh, my biceps were just completely shot. Uh, from all the pulling we did, it was, uh, pretty nasty. And that's, that's one thing I messed up pretty bad last year. I, it was nasty, and I didn't get enough treatment, and I didn't take care of them. 
as well as I should have. And kind of knowing that this year, like at region, even at regionals, I was getting treatment every day from Rossi and everybody that I could, and icing and sitting in Norma Tech boots and all that stuff. So, just to make sure that I wasn't like dead. What's what's recovery going to look like, and how does it differ from your everyday? I mean, on a, on a daily basis. Or a weekly basis, maybe year-round, what are you doing for recovery? And then what do you plan on doing differently this year at the games? Um, so the, what I do week to week, I will uh, end up be doing at the games as well. Uh, I'm going to try and kind of have that in, make sure that way I, you know, I don't want to change much going into the games, if that makes sense. Um, like from last year... Like, what I would do, like, between events last year, I would just go sit on the couch and kind of watch the other heats instead of uh, taking care of what I needed to take care of. And so this year, I just have to make sure I don't do that. I go get my treatment. I sit on the roller. I sit on the bike. I get the ice bath. Uh, you know, all that stuff. And over the course of the games, is it just basically – eat as many calories as you possibly can, or do you still try to keep track of what you're putting in your mouth? Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to keep track. Um, I have a nutritionist, and he is going to help me out with uh, what I should be eating, when I should be eating it, and how much I should be eating of it. Um, it will be, uh, like right now, I'm on a really carb-heavy diet, about 50% carbs, 25% fat and protein. Uh and so it'll be very similar to that while I'm there. So one of the best things you can do is just try to maintain your your normal normal diet while at a competition, right? Yeah, exactly. You don't want you don't want anything to be different than what normally would be. So I want to get people to understand where you've come from. We were talking prior to coming on, and, and before CrossFit, you were actually in a in a bad car accident. Yeah, uh, in October 2009, uh, I was driving down the freeway and a guy stopped and I stopped. I almost hit him, but I didn't. And then the guy behind me didn't stop. And uh ended up uh, fracturing, or I had a stress fracture in my uh, patella and uh, I couldn't, I, I was in a, or I walked with a, an ACL brace uh, for like two months and then uh, ended up gaining like 30 pounds, stopped playing baseball, uh, gained about 30 more pounds over the next year um, until I walked into a CrossFit gym in uh, two, August 2011. And I kind of just loved the, com- or, uh, competing just in the box. And then that kind of escalated to CrossFit competitions and everything else. So you you walk into your first CrossFit affiliate in 2011. Was that UCAN CrossFit? No, it was uh, CrossFit Kima. That is that also in in Texas? Yeah, it's uh, it's not far from where I'm at. So you, so you walk in 2011. How how shortly after getting to the box did you realize? Well, I can be pretty good at this thing. Um, I uh. It didn't take long. I mean, looking back on it, I ended up, I could squat snatch uh, 185 pounds, like, 
two months in the CrossFit, I was losing weight, like, really, really, really fast. Like, I was 270 pounds, and it only took me about six or seven or eight months to drop down to 210 pounds. Um, uh, when, when the Open rolled around in 2012, uh, a lot of the guys that would dust me in regular gym workouts weren't quite as good at the Open. And I, I hung with them a lot closer than I really thought I should have been. And so that made, kind of made me think, hey, maybe I can uh, clean up some of my movement and get a little bit better at this and compete next year to try and attempt to make a run at regionals in 2013. Well, I mean, especially at 200 pounds, the Open's not really built for you. Right. I mean... You're, you're a pretty big guy to be doing well at the Open, and of course that's part of the game season, but especially that first year where your movements weren't refined. I imagine your pull-ups and your muscle-ups and you know other bodyweight movements were not as good in 2012 as they are in 2016. Yeah, yeah. 2012, I, I mean, I was still, when the Open rolled around, I was still the process of losing weight. I was probably 225, 220 pounds. I was right, right at the end of losing all the weight, and I uh, I didn't have a muscle up yet at that point either. So, so 2012, no muscle up. 2015, CrossFit Games. So there's there's room for people to improve and and get to the point where they can make it to these high level competitions. Oh yeah, no doubt. I think I went like I went from like I think it was 800 and something plates. In the Open in 2012, in just my region, I don't know what, what it was worldwide, uh, to 36th place in my region in the, the following year. So, I mean, if, if you put the work in and have a mindset that you can do it, there's no doubt you can get uh, into regionals. So, 13 and 14, you were at regionals, just not qualified for the games. Yeah. Right. 2013, I actually uh, competed on a team. I qualified for regionals as an individual, but I competed on a team. And then 2014 was my first individual year. Is it a different mindset at regional weekend at, on a team versus individual? Is it a little more fun? Yeah, it's a lot more relaxed, a lot more fun. Um, I mean, you, you, I kind of... You don't really have any expectations when you're on a team that's not really trying to qualify for the games. So, I mean, there's a little disappointment in there when somebody can't do something and you just kind of sit there scratching your head. But, I mean, all you can do is go out and perform your best and hope for the best. So, And I think it's similar to the games, the teams at regionals, where you can see those teams that are really vying for those top spots and then you can see those teams that are just happy to be there knowing at some point a weakness is going to shine through and they're not going to be able to, to do very well on an event. Yeah, exactly. You know, being this is your second I mean, year... A, what's that? Go for it. it. No, go for it. It's your second year heading to Carson. How, how old are you? I'm 24. So you're still super young, but... How many years do you feel you can be active as a CrossFit competitor? I, I know I have some friends that have been at the high level for, for quite some time, and I know speaking to them, they're beat up, they're sore, they're hurt all the time. 
you know, and they're a little bit older than you. What, how many years do you think uh, someone has at the highest level of CrossFit competition? Uh, man, I honestly couldn't tell you. I mean, if you look at Ben Smith, he's been doing this for, this is his eighth CrossFit Games. It's ridiculous. I think he was at, yeah, I mean, um, maybe Rich Foning only did it five times. Uh, I'd say, I, I mean, it's a little bit different now than it was in the past. Um, I'd say 2011 through 2015 have been pretty similar. Um, but, uh, probably five, I, I mean, for, for the majority of games athletes, their career will last one, maybe two years. But for the top guys, I'd say five, probably five years. You know, and I think what, when you look at someone like Ben Smith, what's, what's unique to him is over the last, you know, with every passing year, I would suspect everyone's volume is increasing. So although he was there in, you know, 2009, I think his training probably looked a lot different in 2009 than it does in 2016. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, whether those years took as much toll on his body as, as the latter years have would be what remains to be seen. And then in addition, now that athletes, I mean, you know, like you said, you coach 14 hours a week and then you're basically living so you can be competitive if that's extending these athletes' careers as, at the highest level. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to let you go as far as you can, for sure. But I said, I, it's not going to be very long. So, like, at most, I'd say five years. I mean, and it's getting so hard to qualify now. Maybe might, might even just be three years just because how difficult it is. What was the who was the biggest upset this year not making it to the games? I mean, it has to be Dan Bailey, right? I can't think of anybody else. I mean, I, I think um, Bailey's probably at the top of the list. My buddy Austin Maliolo, five time games athlete, and this was his seventh year at regionals. He missed out. I think he finished in seventh. I think. You know, more people know Dan. I I, I just look at uh, the list of workouts, and I don't know how much Austin loves those workouts. So that and and his region is incredibly talented as well. So he doesn't that doesn't surprise me near as much as uh, somebody like Dan Bailey missing out. Um, Brooke Ince was a pretty big surprise as well. Uh, her open performance didn't uh, impress me too much, I don't think. Uh, Elijah Muhammad, I, I, going into regionals, I wasn't so sure about him, but after watching him compete uh, in the first five events, I was pretty sure he was going to come in to the last workout and dominate it and take a spot. You said I had no rep on that last climb. Those, those people are definitely... The biggest upsets, I think. Did you see what happened with Jeff Evans? Uh, yeah, I did see that. That was uh, it was pretty brutal to watch. I was, I thought he was for sure winning that workout and going to the games. What was your What was your opinion on the call? It was a no rep. 
So you, th- you, you agree with the call? I mean, that's where I've talked to people. You know, they, I don't think anyone really did. Yeah, actually what? Well, yeah, I was going to say, he actually did that on all six of his rope climbs, and the head judge had come over and told the judge, hey, this is what's going on. And so on the last climb, he got no rep and probably should have had more earlier on. So Exactly. I don't think anyone's I, I actually disputing got, the – Yeah. You know, it, it I was, got no rep for the same games last year. So, I mean, uh, you, you got to live and learn. It happens to everybody, so – you know, and it's and it's tough. You know, every year someone's saying, "Hey, what are we going to get judges?" I mean, these guys are volunteering. I think at some point in the future there'll be, you know, paid officials and and a little bit more of a standard for judging. But for right now, it's pr- it's pretty even across the board. I think people are just. It's rarely that a call is made badly. It's it's people comparing it to other people's calls, and you can't be doing that. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's consistent across the board, it's fine in the same region. And I, I, for the most part, I think it was. There was a lot of people getting no rep. I mean, there's a video of Ben getting no rep on a thruster, and nobody knows why. So they're being pretty strict about everything. How many no reps would you say you got over the course of regional weekend? Um, I was I, – I really focused on not getting a ton of them. Um, I – Two GHD setups in event five because I didn't touch. Uh, at the start of it, I didn't have both my hands on the feet thing. So it was round two and three. I didn't. I got a no rep. And then uh, one of my overhead squats, uh, I couldn't tell you why I got a no rep on it. I think he said depth, but I. that's not usually a thing I have trouble with. Um, one burpee box jump over, I touched the box. Um, and that was about it on the no reps for me. You know, and that's a it was pretty clean all weekend. That's a pretty good movement when you when you can literally name off your your five no reps. So, and I think that's part of what people forget too. It's like the best of the best are not really getting no repped, and and for everyone that you got no repped on, it was pretty obvious you didn't touch the pad or your foot touched the box. So, you know, I think. As the competition gets deeper, it gets easier to judge. I'm sure there's a whole lot less no reps in Carson than there is in you know at each regional. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the other thing. If you practice really good movement, you shouldn't have any issues with no reps. I know a lot of people were really complaining about uh, how strict they were on Nate, but I mean if you just did what they asked, then and talk to your judge beforehand. Hey, what are you looking for? You, you shouldn't have a problem with any no reps. Exactly. Well, what's what's the next six weeks look like for you? You're gearing up, you know, Carson. You know, uh, end of July. What's the next six weeks to six to eight weeks look like for you in, in preparation for the 2016 games? Um, I'm going to be coaching and working hard. Uh, I'm going to head up to Boston in uh, two weeks to, for the uh, Reebok, I think, training grounds. Um, with a bunch of people, that should be a lot of fun. Um, but man, it's it's just going to be uh, lots of really hard training. And then on my rest days, I'm going to be fishing. <laughs> That's not, what do you What do you fish for? I've, I've been fishing about twice. What do you What do you fish for in Texas? Uh, spinal trout. 
And do you eat that? I'm on fire and redfish. Oh, yeah. So you, so you, you, it's not a catch and release. You, you catch something, you smash it over the head on your boat and, and eat it. No, uh, yeah, not, I'm not, not really like on the boat, but we'll take it home and fry it or grill it or whatever. <laughs> so you just, that, that's cool. So do you, when you talk about tracking your food, do you track that fish? Um, well, I haven't had to yet, but I will. I absolutely will when I get to that point. I just have, it's been, uh, our boat's been broken down. We haven't gone yet, but I'm, I'm trying to start going here pretty soon, so. Well, that's awesome, and I, I hope you, you know, obviously hit your goals. I hope you do better than you anticipate this year in Carson, but I would love to see you top 10. If, if, you, if you make it to the podium, I'll be super excited for you, and it was Great to have you on, and I'd love to have you back on after the after the games this year. Maybe we'll give you a week to recover, let your arms get to extend again, and then get you back on. <laughs> yeah, man, anytime. Well, well, thanks so much. Is today one of your rest days, or is it part of the three on? Today, uh, part of the three on. Yesterday was my first official day of games training, so today's day two. All right, well. Well, best of luck getting ready for it. Thanks again for being on, Travis. We wish you the best of luck at the games this year. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks again, Travis, for being on. What an awesome dude. I'm somewhat jealous that at 24 years old, he's heading back to the games for a second time. And like I said, I hope to see him. I know his goal is top 10. And I think that's a, a, it's awesome that he's realistic, he's humble, but I would love to see him make the podium because he's just a great dude, and I think he's got what it takes to, to make it. I think you have to go to the games knowing what your weaknesses are, but also knowing your strengths and, and feeling more confident. And I think this year, like he said, heading back for the second time, not quite as in awe of his surroundings and his competitors He's going to do even better than expected, and I'm looking forward to watching him. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview. We have a lot of amazing guests coming up in the next few weeks, from other games athletes to some great friends of mine that have put out amazing products in the CrossFit space to some CrossFitters that are just like you and me, making some progress in their own life and influencing their own community. If you know of someone that you think would be a great guest, please do not hesitate. Hit me up. You can shoot me an email. It's jasonackerman36 at gmail.com. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, any social media. Look for me at jasonackerman78. And if you just want to reach out, touch base, give me some feedback. I'm always game. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you have a phenomenal week. Good luck crushing workouts. Keep hitting those macros. And tune in next week to Squat Therapy.